Welcome to It Didn't Break Me, a podcast where we have honest and vulnerable conversations around the messy stuff we didn't think we'd come back from, inspiring you to give yourself permission to discover the beauty within the mess and to let go the illusion of perfection. I'm your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes. Hello and welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. I am your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes. If it is your first time, welcome and thank you for joining and listening to the podcast. And if you are a regular, I so appreciate you. Welcome back and thank you for coming back to listen to an amazing story on this episode. So we're in season three. And this is episode 11. So if you're a regular listener, you know what that means, that we have one more episode before the end of the season. So this is the second to last episode. Last week on the podcast, my guest Stacy, what shall I say, actually two weeks ago, my guest Stacy was talking about loving yourself and the importance of loving yourself. And so I actually listened to one of the people that she shared, which is Louise Hay, and she has some great stuff. And it made me think about not necessarily am I loving myself because I know I am. And I, and I truly believe loving yourself is something that evolves and it deepens. And just a quick note, for me, love is a verb. It's an action. It's what we do, whether we're loving ourselves or loving someone else. So to me, it's not just about, oh, this feeling. I actually say to people, it's a lot easier for me personally to love because it's a verb than to actually like, because I can see someone who is hungry or is in need. And to me, to love is to go forward and, and meet that need if they need some food or something like that. I might not know them, I might not even like them, but I can love them. In loving yourself, which can be so hard, especially if you have not been and the world doesn't always encourage us to love ourselves, it's so much on loving others, it can be challenging. But here's what I want you to do and I encourage you to do. I want you to write three ways, or you could do more, that you are loving yourself. Instead of beating yourself up, thinking that you're not loving yourself enough or doing enough, I want you to think about ways that you are. So here are some examples. For example, you may take a break. You may make sure you take time to eat. Maybe you're someone who runs around and you're like, no, I got to pause. I have to eat. You maybe are someone who likes to keep a tidy house because that keeps your mind calm. You know, you take showers, you take baths. So those are things that we do to love on ourselves. Remember I was talking about love is an action. We speak up. We're free to say no. We're free to say yes. And we speak our truth. So Those are some examples. I would love for you to write those down and then think about just one. Yes, just one way you would like to love on yourself. And I made that decision and recently I had a little bit of pain and sometimes I know, I don't know about you, but you'll feel pain. You're like, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. And instead of waiting too long, I went to the doctors. And I think for me, that is loving myself, not thinking I have to wait and be in pain, but no, let me get this checked out. So I hope that is helpful. Um, I'd love to hear how you are loving yourself. So that's enough of me. I want to go ahead and get into this episode. My guest today is Josie Wells. 
Born Hananiah Joel Nicholas, Josie Wells is a nickname given to him by a childhood friend and was the monkeyer used for his artistry. Josie was raised in the heart of New York City and as a youth, he fought the challenges and temptations filling the streets of the Bronx. In 2013, he found his way to Atlanta with a heart full of hope and talent. He used his talent as a musical artist as an outlet to express his emotions into what became an unforgettable life experience. Those experiences led him to connecting with his higher self in a way that transformed his life. Seeing life through a different perspective with more confidence and insurance than ever before, Josie reinvented himself and is now a confidence and life coach posed to help others do the same. Josie believes that confidence is key. His teachings draws on his own experience and expertise to help people improve their mindset, practicing radical accountability. In this episode, Josie mentions his father in his story, and he also talks about his father having dementia. So at the time of this recording, his father was alive, but he sadly passed away on April the 8th, 2023. His father was instrumental in infusing resilience and passion in Josie, which you will hear as he shares on this podcast episode. So let's go ahead and get into the story. So hello, Josie, and welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you for being here. So I like to get straight into the conversation what is something you thought would break you, but it didn't? Um, I used to be super jealous, envious of people, places, and things. I thought it would break me, but it ended up making me a great person. So tell us more about that. What was it like when you were jealous? Well, I, I didn't know I was jealous until I would get into relationships and I would have moments of jealousy that I thought was normal. But when it was called out, you know, I took offense to it because how could I ever be jealous or envious? Like, where are these feelings coming from? And it was pointed out. And I think when I really got tired of it because of what would happen afterwards, the fights, the arguments, the insecure moments. I really, really wanted to get to the bottom of it because it's, it's not a feeling that I like having. So I think that was when I finally, it happened. Uh, we had, I had one last argument and everything, it was around my birthday and she canceled everything. And that was my my moment of real reality. It's like it's just the reality check. Like, why are you like this? Where is this coming from? And I start to ask myself questions. So take us back to I heard you say something really interesting. You said, I didn't know that I was being jealous. It was just normal. So what did you feel like was normal in your behavior? The norm. You grow up seeing it, 
And because you live in a bubble and everybody in that bubble is pretty much displaying the same behaviors, you've never been outside the bubble. So, and I'm talking about the cultural bubble. Mm-hmm. So I always say nine times out of 10, if there's 10 houses on a block, nine of those houses are going to be exactly the same. If someone says, hey, Josie, let's go to California. And Josie says, okay, never been there before. Let's go see what is, what's going on out there. Um, we go to California and now I'm exposed to something totally different. Mm-hmm. And I like it. Like, Wow. I didn't know people could live like this or I didn't know people live like this, like normal people. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times you see TV and you think TV is famous celebrities and only they can live the way they live. But then you see normal people living lives that are different, that is different from yours. Then you go back home and you tell the other people in the nine houses that's just like yours and they look at you like you're crazy. Like, why do, why do you want to change? Like, aren't, this, is, this is life. You know, so I think that bubble that you're in and whatever happens in your environment in that bubble, you grow up with the idea that this, this is normal. So what was your behavior? What was the normal behavior that you saw that you then displayed in your relationships when it came to jealousy? Um, well, the first, your first teachers are your parents, um, seeing how they interact uh, watching them, you know, carefully now as an adult and having to combat a lot of old beliefs and old ideologies, you, you never really pay attention to it. Well, you pay attention to as a kid, but you never really know how much children pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And just by seeing, seeing things, we build the concept of life within us. And some of us grow up with those childlike concepts and we don't ever get rid of it. So jealousy was something that I picked up my first teachers with my parents, seeing how my father interacts with my mom, how he would get mad, how a a man would come around. And for the moment, he's quiet until they're alone or they think they're alone and he will let her have it either verbally from, like I said, as a kid. You don't know no better, so you think that's how you're supposed to treat your significant other. Jealous uh, from the lack of love. Mm-hmm. No, um, you don't know what you're supposed to get, but you see other people getting, and you're not getting. Makes you feel envious of what someone else has. You want what what someone else has is not knowing that. That might not be for you, but you don't know no better because you don't have it. And that was that was my childhood in a nutshell. And I would take it to a place as a kid. And this is this is something that's, you know, I might be a little off topic, but I think it has a lot to play in who I am today as a man. At five years old, my father used to sing a song. Mm-hmm. Nobody loves me. I'm nobody's child. Just like a flower, I'm growing. No mommy kisses and no daddy hugs. Nobody loves me. 
I'm nobody's child. That song played in my mind for years and years and years because I had this idea that I couldn't be loved. I had this idea that nobody loved me. And my father didn't sing it to me. He sang it for himself. But as a kid, you don't have no filter. You don't know better. And you accept the information because that's what it is. It's information. It forms inside of you. Input. People give you their input. They put things inside of you and you not knowing better, accept it. So as a child growing up, this song has been playing in my subconscious for years. Every relationship I'm in, I have this idea that nobody loves me. So no matter how much a person can tell me that they love me, I don't believe it because I can't be loved. How are you going to love me? Nobody loves me. And I had to dig deep down inside. And then once I realized self-love is all I, all I need, I don't need love from anybody else. I started to love myself and I said, oh my God, it's not nobody else's choice or it's not their decision. It's, it's my decision. And I started to eradicate behaviors one by one. Like, yeah, I'm the shit. Wow. I'm the shit. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. I felt that. I see my father now. It comes back full circle. The childhood beliefs of nobody loving him is coming out with a vengeance right now. My father has dementia. And all those jealous thoughts, they come out in spurts. And it's like, Dad, there's nothing going on around you right now. But he's seeing things. He's hearing things. And because he never took the time to heal from whatever his child was like, and I'm just not learning that his child was way worse than mine. And all he was doing was projecting. All he was doing was putting out what, what, what had been put in him. Mm. Input. No, don't put that in me. I don't want that information. And we have to be so, we have to guard ourselves so much when it comes to information. So you said a lot. So. I'm good. Had to get that out, you know what I'm saying? I haven't cried in a, in a while, so it's, I think a good cry is always healthy. I feel better now. Let's go. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> thank you. Just for the listener, we are friends. So I know some of it is the therapy stuff, but I also feel like because Josie and me are friends as well. So you said so many things and obviously the thing that's sticking out is the song was in bringing in your ears that your dad sang but it wasn't even to you but it was becoming deep and then of course that song is now mixed in with his behaviors and now you bring that into relationships well, well just just to stop you so it's about alignment it's all about alignment all right. That was the message from the house. That message from the house leads you to people, people who have some more of the same message. Mm, OK. Um, In the environment. And, and, and as an adult, I started to pay attention to culture. 
So before we get to that, before go you ahead, get to ahead. pay into your attention, because I know you've got so many things to share. So before we get to, to that, because like you're talking about a, a topic that people don't always admit to being jealous. No one wants to admit that they're jealous, right? Mm -hmm. So there's some things that people want to understand a bit more about that jealousy before we okay. get into, you know, how, you know, just the story and the journey of that, right? Uh -huh. So the things that you mentioned was, you know, hearing it, not feeling like you're loved, fed into the jealousy, and then you brought these into the relationships. And because you were just used to it, you didn't even realize it was jealousy, you know, and that's why I really wanted to highlight that and even when people accused you of being jealous you were like not me what are you talking about so I'm curious what did you think jealousy was I think uh everybody when I say everybody when they hear the word jealous it it sets a negative connotation it's that it's, it's a negative word mm -hmm. and who wants to be called negative nobody I don't care you know that some people might admit to it but for the most part most people want to live a positive life. So the moment you express to them that you think that they might be jealous, it, it seems like an attack against mm -hmm. character. And most people are quick to defend their character. No, I can't be jealous. I'm not jealous. But studies show that behaviors of jealousy, it's, you know, it's, it's not hard to miss. Mm. So it wasn't so much she was saying, you weren't saying I'm not jealous. It was more of I'm just defending my character. So I didn't even want to know what jealousy is. I don't even want to hear it. I just want to be positive and that's not who I am. Because I feel like you weren't trying to be jealous intentionally. No, I was just being myself. I was just being who I thought I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thought is where the power comes from. It's the thought. If I think I'm supposed to be this way, then there's nothing outside of me that can tell me I'm not. Mm. And what do you think, if you thought back to the time or if you knew at the time, if you admitted to being jealous, what would that mean? Or what would that say about you, do you believe? That I'm a problem. I'm the problem. At the end of the day, you know, being the problem ain't the thing to be. You want to be <laughs> the answer or not have the problem. But, you know, um, like I said, you know, who who we are has a big part to, to do with our childhood. And the moment you start to pay attention to yourself, I was listening to something this morning and finding or, yeah, finding yourself or creating yourself or paying attention to who you are is that's what people are scared of. Mm, yeah. You know, sometimes when we think of jealousy, right, we think uh, crazy. Well, well, I do. And some people do. We think crazy. Like this that's just a byproduct. Because mm. there's different forms of, you know, jealousy is just the feeling. Mm -hmm. And then if you act on that feeling, it's the byproduct of a feeling. Somebody might get jealous and not say anything at all. Or somebody might get jealous and then take action and do something to, to express their jealousy. Mm. But jealousy is just a feeling. It's just literally a feeling that ball had that balls up inside of you and is triggered by anything. 
Mm. Anything can trigger jealousy. Do you think it's hard as a man to admit that you're jealous? Absolutely. Because? Once again, you're the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to be the problem? Mm. And the idea is, I, I I think it has a lot to do with possessiveness. Mm-hmm. control um thinking that people things places belong to you and the, the thing about it is that no one likes it to be done to them no one likes to be on the other side of a jealous moment take for instance as a man i don't like my lady to be jealous especially if i'm not doing them you know, but we dish it, we can't eat it, you know? So as a man, um, it has a big part to play with on ego. It has a big part to play on who we define ourselves to be. If you told somebody to write down all their characteristics, I promise you jealousy wouldn't make that list. Of course not. That's a very, like you said, negative, yeah, and shame and emotion. Yeah. So what I've learned, I'm still jealous. What do you I'm mean? I'm jealous by that? about me. I'm jealous about me. Okay. I don't just share myself with everybody. I don't just share my thoughts with everybody because some people don't deserve it. So I'm jealous. Of, I'm jealous within me. <laughs> so tell me a bit about when did things start to change for you when did you start to be like okay I gotta pay attention to this I'm finally ready to pay attention to the jealousy I'm finally ready to pay attention to I might be part of the problem I was in a relationship great relationship might I add the only thing I could say is that if our communication was better we would still be together everything about the relationship was amazing trips, vacations. Uh, We supported each other in our business ventures. But our communication was very bad on how we handle communication. And the fact that I had some jealous moments. Uh, The last one was uh, she, I was in Chicago working. She had set up this whole birthday thing for me. And like she had the helicopter ride set, she had like the works party, everything to work. So I said, okay, I'm gonna come down there, um, drive back to Atlanta, and we're gonna do what it do. We always have fun. So I get back to Atlanta, and I think uh, I think she was just telling me about her friend, which was was my friend too. But I'm like, why y'all why why you was with him? Like, what what you talking about? I didn't know that they were planning my birthday together because it, everything was a big surprise and I, I got mad we got to a big old argument and she pretty much canceled everything this all happened in one day mind you I drove down in the morning got into that argument she canceled everything I got back on the road and went back to Chicago but on the way back to Chicago I was distraught I was furious I was mad at myself hmm. Because I found out that they were planning my birthday. And I'm like, what the? Whoa, what's wrong with you type? Like, you know what I mean? I'm talking to myself on the way back. And um, I told, uh, I was on 
on YouTube, just looking for something to calm me down, looking for something. And I found uh, tapping. I found tapping and I started tapping on the road. And it was like after I was done, it, it was immediate relief from how I was feeling. Mm. And and uh, I got I got back to the Airbnb I was staying at, um, and I started my meditations. I started meditating. Um, I started doing a lot of inner work. I started working on myself. I, was, I had already been in the process of meditating and stuff because um, my goal was to become a great boyfriend, and I didn't know how to be because I thought I was great. But then she used to say I was jealous. I'm like, I'm not jealous. You need to just stop talking to these dudes. And I, I and I, now now looking back, it was me trying to control who she talked to. And now I don't care, girl. I don't care who, who you talk to. I don't care what you wear. I don't care about none of that stuff. At the end of the day, this is your life and you should be able to express it how you well please, respectfully. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now I'm uh, totally different, but that was the last straw for me of jealous. I said, I don't ever want to lose anybody in my life um, because I'm jealous. So working on the inside of me, giving myself scenarios, a case study, that's what I'll call it, case study. It's my cases. Mm-hmm. I, tried, I had to try myself. You know, I had to sit in front of my own jury like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're guilty, dude. You're guilty and you have you have a problem and you need to sentence yourself to help. So I sentenced myself to uh, secluded. I like I secluded myself from everybody for for like a month, two months. And I worked on myself a lot. I was still working, but if it didn't have anything to do with work, I wasn't fraternizing with no one. I wasn't hanging out with nobody after work, straight to the straight back to the Airbnb. And a lot, like I said, a lot of soul search, a lot of meditation, a lot of just coming to myself. And what was that like, that experience being shut off with people for like two months or or so? Because naturally uh, we want to be seen, be heard, be liked, be touched, be felt. At first, you know, the first few days is, you know, you're, you're, you want to answer phone calls, you want to talk to people. The thing about humans are we, we're, we're connected. Mm-hmm. You know, we're very connected. So the, it, it took discipline to be able to stay by myself and just, you know, give myself the story. You're not jealous, bro. That's not even your story. Then you start to then you start to honestly speaking, you have to go back to the places when you first started feeling, it, which for me was my childhood. I started to then I started to give myself a new story. I'll talk to my younger self like, bro. That's that's not your story. You had you didn't have the opportunity to create your own story, but now you do. I got this for you, and that's what I'll tell my younger self. Like, don't worry, it all works out. It all it all works out. And 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 I now as a grown man, I could sit back and be like, it's <laughs> it's working out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I believe that as a human, as a human, my job is to express, to to put my talents to use. Whatever that is for anybody, whatever you're good at, become great at it. And people will respect you because at the end of the day, the number one purpose, people go, I don't know what my purpose is. The number one purpose is service. How can you give back to mankind? Because at the end of the day, we're all connected. How can you treat yourself? And when I say yourself, meaning all the other selves in the world, we're Mm -hmm. all connected. On this journey, you're finding out a lot because you're talking about the connection. You're talking about how can you serve? And, and, you know, one of the things you kind of talked about was, was love and, and, and wanting to be loved was a big part of that jealousy as well. 
what did you discover or have you or have you discovered so far about that loving yourself what i'm learning right reality exists inside of you mm-hmm. outside is just a byproduct of the inside if you take care of the inside the outside should reflect the inside so i'm like okay this is when the, the this is when the mind started turning i said okay so if i give it to myself then the people outside they have to give it to me cuz all i'm seeing is happening and i'll go back i remember i was 15 years old Mind you, the childhood stuff is always still in effect. 15 years old, I'm on a block. I'm from New York, so you know I get, ah, 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 you know. <laughs> but now nah, I'm on a block, and I'm telling people, like, F, F prison. Take me to prison. I do that time in my head. Mind you, I had no idea what prison was like. But I heard it so much inside my household, just talking about it. Because mm-hmm. my mom ain't never been to prison. My dad ain't never been to prison. But they talked about it so much that deep down inside, there was this inquisitive nature that wanted to know what was prison like. Mm-hmm. It sounds crazy. I know it probably sounds crazy. Like, why would you want to go to prison? And on the outside, I didn't want to go to prison. But at the end of the day, there's something inside of me that's saying that it wants to find out. Because you hurry so much. That's why I say the children, you have to guard children. You're not supposed to let them hear certain things. You're not supposed to let them see things because they don't have the ability to say, hmm, I'm good. That's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. I said it on the block. Y'all take me. I said it. And then it happened. <laughs> so in I, I, I'm the one who put it inside of myself. And you ended up in prison. It was put inside myself, but I kept talking about it. I kept, you know, next thing you know, you're going to do something to take you there. It's inevitable. So now that I know that whatever I put inside of me, the world has to give me. It's like, okay, I want love. All I got to do is love myself. It's literally that easy. But, and here's the thing. Is it that easy though? I'm about to break it down for you. <laughs> Is I'm about it? to break it down. I'm about to break it down. Let me break it down. All right. <laughs> so self-love, it's very deep. Remember I said earlier that people are scared to face themselves. Mm-hmm. And self-love means that everything that has ever happened to you, you got to love not it, but you in those moments. And that is so hard for some people. It was hard for me because I used to be in denial. Like, nah, I'm not jealous, man. I don't. So, but now I love the jealous parts of me. I love the jealousy in me because at the end of the day, I'm not that anymore. But because of that, I became this. Mm-hmm. So it all worked hand in hand. It's like, do you love yourself now? Yeah, people, I promise you ask people if they love themselves right now. Yeah, yeah. But the moment you start to dig and you tell them about that molestation, you tell them about that rape. You tell them about all kinds of shit they've been through in their life. They start, oh, well, I can't forgive him. I can't forget. I can't. Did, did they, they hold on to those things. And what I'm learning, if there's anybody, there's anybody out there, <laughs> what I'm learning, what I'm learning is that you don't forgive people for them. You forgive for yourself. Because at the end of the day, it all comes back to love. You know what sin is? 
sin, right? Sin is when you miss the mark. Sin comes from the from the from from uh, archery when you miss the mark. So if you're supposed to, if you think you're supposed to be a particular type of person, and you're not that person, you are sinning, and you have to forgive yourself from the sin. The way you forgive yourself is to continue on the journey to who you want to be, because that's when the only time you're hitting the mark. So what I'm hearing you say is the self-love for you was realizing whatever I put in comes out. I get out. Yes, I, It happens, right? Because I've Absolutely. seen it happen in my childhood from what my dad said. I've heard it tra- happen when I heard about jail and then I ended up in jail and ended up in prison. So all those who are like, well, why can't I put something else in? To also get that. And so you, Absolutely. you've done that and you've been in this journey mm-hmm. and you're in this space. So, of course, I would love to talk to you forever. But mm. my, <laughs> my question is, before we start to wrap up, is where would you say you are today? I am in a beautiful, beautiful place. I am in control of myself. And I want you to really understand that in control of myself. That means that whatever's happening outside of me, I understand I cannot control that. But if it happens around me, I can control my response to it. And to me, that is powerful. Mm. When everybody's running around with chick- like chickens with their head cut off, I am cool, calm, and collected because I understand that there's nothing, but there's only two things, cause an effect. Most people pay attention to the effects. They don't deal with the causes. But I have a saying, if you control the cause, you can control the effects. And you are the cause of everything in your life. So become the cause. If you want to have a good life, think good life. You want to have a good relationship, think good relationships and good is is subjective but what you might think is good might not be good for someone else so you have to create your little piece of heaven while here on earth it's like a box you take the box and you put everything that you want in that box what you just created is a state of mind in that box is your happy place while everybody's going crazy you just go in the box you understand? When everybody else is, they put the wickedness in the world in their box. They put war in their box. They put things they don't like in their box. And that's all they pay attention to. Everything is in the box. And then they wonder why their life ain't the life that they want it to be. Yeah, of course, everybody wants to live a good life. But what are you putting in your box? So what is it like to be in control? What do you experience on a daily basis within you and within your life experiences, just for you personally? Well, first of all, my favorite moment of the day is waking up. I wake up, the type of job that I have, I'm pretty much my own boss. I don't, I don't have nobody over my shoulder. I get emails and then I respond to the emails in a polite manner. But for me, it's just being able to create my future. Mm. If people understood how this thing works, this is very, very spiritual. The physical is just the manifestation of the spiritual. So if you take care of the spiritual, when you're talking to yourself, because you're the only person you ever listen to, 
you don't really listen to nobody else. You hear them and because they inform you. If you take on their information, you become what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, okay, I hear it. And I say things like, don't put that in me. What? No freaky. Don't put that in me. Don't put that in me. I don't, I don't, I don't care about what's going on somewhere else. It has nothing to do with me. If people handle situations like, like that more, their lives will turn out much better because now they're regulating what they take in. Remember, whatever you take in, whatever you put in is what you take. What you, my mom used to say, garbage in, garbage out. Mm. You understand? So you, I tell people all the time, life is very personal. Okay. It's very personal. Thank you. That was good. So do you have any, you said a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm sure. sorry. <laughs> I know you uh, can you know, say more. In my profession, I am a motivational speaker and uh, <laughs> I'm over against an airtime. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to leave with the listener? If the Bible said this and only this, it'd make a lot of sense. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Thoughts are very alive. They are alive. And thoughts that turn into words take form. If you really think about it, if we were able to see people as they think, we'll see a lot of different shapes out, out here. Mm. We'll see a lot of different colors out here. You are what you think you are. So all you have to do is think, 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 think. Our only job as human is decision. That's our, that's our job is decision. Make the decision. And if whatever you believe in, God, universe, superpower, source, divine, so whatever you believe in, take care of the rest. Your job as a human is to look outside and say, okay, I like that house. I like that car. Oh, I like that dress. I like that. I like that. Don't pay attention to what you don't like because that's your attention. If you pay attention, you're going to get what you pay for. That's what I like to leave. Thank you. So my um, favorite last question, what's something that's messy in your life today? Messy. Me, I guess, coping with the fact that my parents will soon perish away. Mm. Okay. They still got some time. I'm giving them 10, 15 years to go. But at the end of the day, Spending time with them, watching them grow. It's like, damn, y'all ain't going to be here too long. Mm. And, 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 you know, I told my brother yesterday in front of my mom, I said, yeah, we got, we need to start, you know, working on funeral arrangements so that when it does happen, we're not scrambling. Nobody's pointing fingers. And you know how it gets messy around funerals, mm-hmm. you know, who's goes to who and what with my, y'all need to start working on wheels right now. What's up? I just want the chickens. I want the chickens in the <laughs> <laughs> Leave the chickens with me. You know, you know, okay. I have a chicken and buckhead playing around. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. So where can people find you to shower you with love? To shower me love. Okay. I have a website. You guys go on there and subscribe. It's called livingwells.com. And that's wells with a Z. So L-I-V-I-N-G-W-E-L-L-Z.com. That's my website. And I'm also on Instagram. I am a major influencer on Instagram. Um, my, my handle is Josie Wells underscore official. J-O-S-E-Y 
W-E-L-L-Z underscore official. Josie Wells underscore official. Hold on, Thank let me you. say it one more time. One more time because repetition is power. Josie Wells underscore official. Instagram. Holla at your boy. Thank you, Josie. That is definitely the New Yorker in you, but we will also put that information in the show notes. Thank you so much for being an amazing guest. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being an amazing podcast. It didn't break me. I thought it was going to break me, but it didn't. So I have to share something with you. Besides how amazing that interview was, but doing this interview was hard for me because at the beginning... Josie just shared his heart and you know those tears were flowing and I have to admit it was hard for me because we are friends and so even though as a therapist I sit with people crying all day when it's your friends and it's your loved ones it's so different it you know and that's why they talk about not doing therapy with family and friends because you're you can't be biased and so that that interview was a bit tougher you know so I had to kind of push through that one but as always you know just so many great takeaways you know, it's such a good story. And I'm so grateful that he was willing to share that because, you know, he had so many stories actually to share, but he always says that people don't always talk about this. So that's why we kind of said we wanted to share this. So my takeaways, my first is noting that jealousy is a feeling. It's not just about your actions. I mentioned about, you know, jealousy and being crazy. And he kind of highlighted, well, jealousy is the feeling. And so if jealousy is the feeling, remember, we get to get to choose how we interact with that feeling. You know, always hear the the saying, don't, don't sin in your anger. It never says to feel angry, but just what actions are you going to take? Or sometimes, often people be like, I don't like arguing or conflict because it leads to maybe big arguments or fights or whatever. But just because you're having conflict or you're feeling upset, it doesn't always mean that the actions that follow are going to be negative. And then the other thing, really big thing he shared so many times and was a big influence was our childhood inputs. And I think that's so important. You know, they always talk about therapists, you go back to history um, or go back to the past. I'm like, yeah, we do, because that really helps us understand who you are today and why you do the things you do. It's, it's important. But just being more mindful and conscious of childhood inputs, especially the song his father sang that he wasn't, his father was not singing that song to him, but still he, he took that in and he listened to that. And also how our culture can make things just seem normal to him. The way he was acting out of the jealousy was normal. How many things do you do that is normal? And then you go to someone else's house. So for instance, I like to talk about taking your shoes off is very normal. And there's people that come to me and look at me like, why would I take my shoes off? And I'm like, what do you mean? How can you come in the house with your shoes on, right? Because what's normal to you and what's normal to me is two different things. Coming to America for me and living in America, like what's normal for Americans and what's normal for English is two different things. And if it's not normal, we call it weird. So I just think it's so important just to highlight those two things about the childhood inputs and how when we receive that, it normalizes our experience and our world. And we don't question it. 
And then lastly, going back as well, just to this or tying in with this, what we take in, our internal becomes our external, right? What we take in then becomes our life. And he talked about, you know, the input of no love and jealousy became his external. Hearing about going to jail, he ended up in jail. So just being more mindful about what you are taking in. So thank you so much for listening to the episode. Please rate and review this episode, share it with a friend and let me know what you think. You can tag me on social media at Authentically Be You. Were you inspired by this story? Here are some ways you can shower me and the podcast with your appreciation and support. Follow, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Share the podcast via text with your people, with your tribe. Subscribe to the newsletter where I share my personal stories of discovering the beauty within the mess. And lastly, follow me on Instagram at AuthenticallyBU for tips and insights on overcoming perfectionism so you can embrace your imperfections and authentically be you. Thank you so much for listening to the It Didn't Break Me podcast and remember to discover the beauty within the mess.